I think what we're going to do, we're going to go right into the Word. Why don't you grab your Bibles tonight. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, if you will, and just stay there, and I'm going to make my way there. <clears throat> the bathrooms must be a hopping place right now. I just, I don't know, man. Maybe they started a fire tunnel in there tonight. I haven't. I don't know what's happened. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so in two weeks, in two weeks from tonight, guys, we're going to be across town. We will not be in this room two weeks from tonight. We will be across town. We'll be at Sarasota Community Church. Right now, we've, I think we've got around 700 people registered and probably will fill up by the time that, that it's time to go. Uh, Pastor Kilpatrick will be speaking two weeks from tonight. It's going to be so great to have such a wonderful father in the kingdom, uh, a general in the kingdom to be back here in Sarasota. I remember the first time that we had Pastor Kilpatrick here, and it was... Um, We've, we've known each other many, many years, but uh, it, was, it was a very different experience laying hands on him and blessing him in the house and, and really blessing him and commissioning him to Sarasota to be the gift that he is to this city. I believe that as he comes, it's going to be very, very significant. And I will tell you that Pastor Kilpatrick and Dutch Sheets are ready to come to Sarasota. I just want to say... I just want to say it's on. <laughs> it's on. Brian is too. I talked to him as well. He's ready. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. To the glory of God, it's going to be great. So I got here this morning about 9.30 uh, a.m. here on the church campus. I've been here all day, been with the Lord, and it's what I, uh, I try to do that every Saturday to, to really just receive fresh bread from the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord what he wants to breathe upon God's people, how to strengthen them, how to nourish them, feed them. And so tonight, I, you know, again, nothing is, is premeditated. It's just I want to see how the Lord's going to unpack this word. Fire may hit me. I may run the chairs tonight. Or, or I may... Or I may release the entirety of the word just like this. <clears throat> but we want to receive from the Lord. Amen. We understand the, the urgency of this hour. We are, we are in a critical, critical, critical time. It's critical mass right now. I did that for all you Catholics tonight. It's, it's critical mass. I'm teasing. So anyway, you're going to stay with me. So anyway... <laughs> <laughs> it's a very <laughs> sorry it is a critical time and joy is still good in critical times <laughs> I did not know what um, Cody and Sandra really had chosen for us tonight really in the sequence of songs and preparation but uh I know that's an old vineyard song about waiting upon the Lord, so I wait. That, that was on the Hungry album. I remember when that album came out. It was in the 
I think it was like the late 90s, maybe, maybe around 2000, 2001, that album came out, Hungry. Do you remember that? And um, <clears throat> tonight, I, I really wanted to go to a place that's, this is our beginning phase and our beginning point in Isaiah 40. And I'm actually taking you to a place that's it's very, very familiar to most of us. And I know it's a very, it's a very special and meaningful place for me. <clears throat> and because it touches, there's a touchstone in my life um, prophetically from these scriptures. And, and I'm sure you have some of those touchstones tonight. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to just land on. But I want to pray over the word tonight. I want to speak to you for the next few moments about the storm of the Spirit. The storm of the Spirit. Lord, we thank you for the life-giving power of your word. We thank you that your word is alive. Your word is sharp. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word is pulsating alive forevermore, God. Tonight, Lord, let your word reign supreme in the house and let your word release the power. Let your word release the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you demonstrate this word with signs and wonders following. Hallelujah. And we are changed because of the power of your word. Jesus, you are the living word, and you are walking in the house. Oh, you're here. Do your work, Lord, and I ask you to surpass what I'm able to articulate in the natural. And feed us tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm in Isaiah chapter 40. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, worship team. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is going to navigate us into great victory and great triumph in this hour. He's going to navigate us into exploits of power. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is going to navigate us into exploits of power. He's going to navigate us through this global storm. But more than navigating us through a global storm, he's moving us into a storm. There is a, there is a, greater, a greater storm that is exceedingly greater that is brewing. He is leading us into the storm of heaven that is crashing into the earth of the kingdom of God that is coming. <clears throat> right now, God is teaching us, and, and we are learning. We're learning how to navigate, and we're also learning how to soar in the present storm. And this, this present storm in the natural, it requires the Holy Spirit. I, I, I don't know how people do it without the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen. Where we are going requires, requires total trust and abandonment to our Father. It requires total trust completely to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our, our guide. We know in the Greek, the Holy Spirit is our paraclete. It means He's the one called 
alongside of us. Jesus called him the spirit of truth. Say that tonight. Say it one more time. The spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is within you. The Holy Spirit is within you. It's our, conscience, our consciousness to the abiding presence of God that will determine everything that we're about to step into. It's about us being more conscious to the abiding presence of God within us than being more conscious than the chaos and the storm everywhere around us. It, our future literally will be determined by our consciousness of the abiding presence of God within. When everything is spinning out of control, when everything looks like in virtual reality, it is in the spin cycle your consciousness of the presence of God within you will anchor you, hold you fast, strong, secured. You'll have clarity. You'll have peace when others are mesmerized by fear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says, Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run, and they'll not be weary. And they shall walk, and they shall not be faint. Can I get an amen tonight? Now, I want to tell you that waiting is not about being lazy. <laughs> waiting is um, <laughs> it's not a lazy man's job. When you look at the word wait in Hebrew... This is what it means. It's where we get the picture of what is called tenseling. The art of tenseling is actually taking three cords, a strand of three cords, and it's actually binding those cords together. If you tried to use one cord to pick up a weight, it could only actually handle or have enough durability for a certain amount of weight. But if you tensile it, if you take that rope or that strand or that cord and you tensile it with another cord, and then you take it and you tensile it with another cord, a three-cord strand, it's what we see in Ecclesiastes, right? If you take that and you begin to tensile it, what happens is it's the genius of God. It is able to actually take on and bear more weight. When, you, when you're waiting on the Lord, what is happen, happening is you are being tensiled. You are in the process of tenseling. It's where the Spirit of God and the Word of God are being intertwined in your spirit. Are you hearing this? The Word of God and the Spirit of God is being intertwined in your spirit, and you're able to actually take on weight. Ladies, don't be afraid of this word. Guys, don't be afraid of this word. You want to take on some weight. Can you hear this spiritually? Are you hearing me at all? Are you with me? You want to be able to, to bear up some spiritual weight. That's why Jesus told his apostles, he said, there are so many things that I would love to tell you now, but I'm actually not able to do it. But there will come a time when I give you my spirit, and when my spirit comes, he will show you things that are yet to come. But in that scripture, Jesus said, you are not able to bear them now.
Catch this. You are not able to bear them now. It meant you're not able to handle the weight of it now. You need to be tensiled. You need to be united with my spirit within. And then you're going to be able to take on the weight. And the Holy Spirit's going to show you things to come. Are you listening tonight? Are you hearing the Lord? Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 12. It says, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him in a three-chord strand is not quickly broken. You see, when there's time well spent with the Holy Spirit, in time well spent in the Word of God of being united, what happens is it will add supernatural strength to you. I'm not talking about human strength or human ingenuity or human intellect. I'm talking about it will add a spiritual Holy Ghost dimension to you. You will take on supernatural weight. You will take on supernatural wisdom, clarity, insight. You will take on supernatural spiritual discernment. You'll be able to cut through the bowl. While the world is still going crazy, you'll have laser-like eagle goggles on, able to see by the Spirit of God coaching you, leading you because you have been tinseled to Him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, give God praise. Waiting on the Lord, waiting. As we wait on the Lord, what happens is it develops our inner life. Waiting on the Lord develops our inner life of trust. Let me just put that, that thought on pause for a second tonight because when we're in worship here at Victory, obviously um, our, our worship team doesn't come to entertain us. And aren't you glad? <laughs> I mean, gee, if we could just buy three more smoke machines, we'd have this sucker down, right? We're not here for entertainment. There, there's something intimate going on here. There's a courtship of the Holy Spirit that's going on. And it's about the Holy Spirit courting us and wooing us into a greater place of the glory. But I tell you, as we wait on God, there is a tenseling to the Spirit of God. There's a union with Him that cannot be gained any other way. It must happen in our lives individually, but it also must happen in our life corporately where we start tracking in, tracking in some spiritual mileage together. We start going places by waiting in the presence of the Lord. It's key. It's key. It's everything. And the shaking is going to get all the more intense as we move ahead, ladies and gentlemen. And there, be, there may be more and more meetings that we pack in and we get together and all we do is hit the altars and just wait on God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what the Lord's saying? Waiting on the Lord, it develops our inner life of trust. Our, of trust. You have to get to the place where you say, God, I trust you with my life completely. I trust you with my life completely. Can you say that? Can you say, God, I am completely dependent upon you? Or are you dependent upon other things? 
God's wanting to get us to the place where we can say with honesty, I am completely dependent upon God. I will tell you the destiny of this church is completely dependent upon God. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm, I'm not any of those things. I'm just God's chosen vessel that he said, I've made you a shepherd. Lead and follow me and I'll lead you. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Watch what he said. He said, those that wait on the Lord, they will mount up. I just want you to, if you're taking notes tonight, write those two words down, mount up. They're pretty powerful words, mount up. See, I want to remind you, God, God desires for you to soar powerfully in the winds of the Holy Spirit in this hour. He desires for you to soar powerfully in the winds of the Spirit. Notice what he said. He said, there will be no weariness and there will be no fainting. If you wait on God, he said, there will be no weariness and there will be no fainting. I want to ask you tonight, do you believe that that's possible? Do you believe that's possible? Moses, Moses was the, the one who wrote Psalm 91, and he says, Those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High, they shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress and my God in whom I will trust. But then when you jump down to verse 7, and I want you to look at it tonight, Psalm 91 and verse 7, notice, notice what he says. He says, and a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. It shall not come near you. You're going to see a lot of radical stuff. So Moses knew what it was like to see a thousand fall and 10,000 at his right hand. He wasn't guessing at this. This, this was a, a reality. This wasn't theory with Moses. He knew what he was talking about. He knew something about the glory. He knew something about the presence and the face of Jesus. He was a friend of God. And he said, when you see these things, just know it's not going to touch you. That supernatural preservation, that supernatural knowing and confidence comes by abiding in the presence of God. It only comes out of waiting, waiting and being with God. If you want weightiness to your life, you're going to have to wait. That sounds like Leonard Ravenhill, but it's Brian Gibbs. <laughs> Go ahead and tweet that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> See, in the presence of God is everything that we have need of. And, and the presence of God is not a gimmick. <laughs> in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. No. In the presence of God, there's invigorating strength. In the presence of God, there's refreshing. In the presence of God, there's glory and there's fire. Wow. In the presence of God, it's where you get younger. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's our confession, and we're living it. Those that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings of eagles. They're going to run and not grow weary. They're going to walk and not faint. It means that in the presence of God, you're going to regain your strength and you're going to get younger. 
You, you're you're going to so, get so sharp. God's going to so fine-tune your discernment. God's going to so fine-tune your weapons of warfare. <laughs> oh, this battle that we're engaged in, I'll tell you what, Satan's armies haven't seen anything. What the ecclesia is about to engage in, and we're going to war to win. I want to talk about the eyes for a moment because the Holy Spirit, see, when, you, when you're with the Lord, the Lord is able to give you <clears throat> new eyes, eyes to perceive and eyes to see and eyes to dream, eyes to see what other people are missing, but because you've been with God, because you've been waiting with God, you've been waiting with him and God's been tenseling you to his spirit. He's been binding you to the spirit. He's been binding you to his word. We pray that way here. We bind our lives to the word of God. We don't just bind devils. We bind our lives to the word of God. We bind ourselves to the will of God. We bind our destiny to the purposes and the will of God. Amen. We bind our children to the will of God. We bind our grandchildren to the divine plan of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What happens is when you're being tinsel to God, God gives you new eyes. He gives you new eyes to see. He gives you new eyes to dream. New eyes. Take this tonight. There is, there is something about the eagle that is fascinating, fascinating, they are the only bird who has an ultraviolet lens. No, no other bird or fowl will try to attack an eagle one-on-one. -on -one. They, they always have to gain access to another and come to try to attack them with another cluster of birds or a, another gathering of birds. And the reason why is because the eagle is so overpowering, there's no way they can take it. But the eagle has something very fascinating. It has, an ultra, it has an extra ultraviolet lens. And what it gives strength to the eagle to do is when it is being attacked by other fowl in the air, what it does, it turns in flight and it flies directly into the sun. It pulls down that ultraviolet lens and it, it flies right into the sun and other birds cannot follow it. I think you're catching it. I'm telling you tonight, fly into the sun. I'm telling you tonight, fly into the sun. Cody, write, in, write a song, fly into the sun. Just write a song in Jesus' name. Fly into the sun. Paul said it like this in Hebrews 12 and verse 2. He said, fix your eyes on Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fly into the sun. Look directly into the face of the Son of God. No matter what comes in the coming weeks, the coming months, the coming years, fix your eyes. Fix your gaze. Fix your flight. Fly into the sun. The Holy Spirit, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is your partner. 
And the Holy Spirit will make sure that this promise becomes true in your life. Isaiah chapter 54, in verse 17, it says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Notice, it's not a self-righteousness. It's the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says, I promise you, no weapon formed against you will be able to prosper and overtake you. And if you'll spend time with me and you'll allow yourself to be tensed to my spirit and to my word, I will watch over my word to perform it over your life. I will not allow the enemy to touch your life, to touch your destiny. You'll be sealed up and protected in me. We need new eyes because in this hour, we got to be able to see properly. We have to see by being illuminated by the Holy Spirit, things revealed, revealed by the Holy Spirit. You have to fix your eyes on the Word. I'm going to say that again. you got to fix your eyes on the Word. I have, a, I have a pilot, well, I have a ministry friend, and he's a pilot as well. And he said when you're flying an aircraft, one of the things they teach you in training, in school, is when you are flying, you can get into a storm, and the storm becomes so intense. The turbulence is so intense. At that point, there are times you don't know if you're actually flying sideways. You don't know up from down. You, you don't know if you're flying upside down. You can literally, he said, it literally feels like you're losing your equilibrium sometimes in a storm. He says, what they teach you is you have to keep your eyes on the gauges. And you've got to watch the gauges. And what that means to us tonight is you have to keep your eyes focused upon the word. The living word first and the written word. Are you hearing? Are you hearing? We're only going to be able to keep our spiritual equilibrium by fastening ourselves to the Word so that the Word becomes flesh in us. For in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. The Word has to become flesh on the inside of us. I'm going to say it to you like this. The Word has to become a living reality on the inside of us. You have to fasten your life to the Word. You have to conform your life to the Word. You've got to be fixed and anchored in the Word. You've got to keep the Word in front of you in this hour. If you don't, uh, this is really deep. You're going to get weird. And weird in the Greek means, and in the Hebrew it means, thank you very much. This is a great class. This is a really good class tonight. Yeah, if you don't stay in the Word, you're, you're going to get weird. And you're going to start believing all kinds of fantasies and regurgitating all sorts of religious silly fantasies. you got to be anchored in the Word, brother. 
And if you're going to make it in this hour, you've got to be tensile to the Word of God. The Word has to become a living reality within you. The Word has to become flesh. And you've got to pray the Word. You've got to speak the Word. You've got to declare the Word. You've got to say the Word. And you've got to say over your life, I'm going to live this Word. When I read over you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, you have to say, that is my promise. I'm going to walk in that. That's the promise of God over my life. Satan cannot touch me. Come on, church. Say amen. There is another storm that is brewing, and I want to talk about this storm, this coming storm of the Spirit for a while tonight. The prophet Ezekiel, and I want you to go there to chapter 1 tonight. The prophet Ezekiel... He had an electrifying, profound encounter. It's a description of an encounter in the heavens that were open before him. He experienced visions of God. He experienced visions of the throne of God, the four living creatures before the throne, and then seeing Jesus before the throne. Now, I want to take you here because... What has to happen is we have to get anchored in the unseen reality. We cannot be tethered to virtual reality, to the power of the natural storm, of the geopolitical storm, of the uh, economic storm, of the religious storm. We cannot be tied to these things or our vision and our speech and our faith will be very skewed and will become like a wave tossed to and fro. We won't be growing up into maturity, into the head, which is Christ. So tonight as we go to these places, what I'm giving you is I want to remind us or make us more aware of spiritual realities, real spiritual realities that is going on. In the book of Ezekiel, I'm in chapter 1, I'm beginning to read in verse 4, and then I looked and behold, a whirlwind, or let's just say it like it is, it was a storm. A whirlwind was coming out of the north, a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself, and brightness was all around it and radiating out of its mist, like the color of amber out of the midst of the fire. And there's something about God. God's into fire. Have you ever noticed that? God is, God is really, really into fire. He had to make angels created by fire. Isn't that amazing? Seraphim. They're angels and beings literally of fire. The throne is on fire. Ezekiel said he saw a river clear as crystal flowing forth from the throne of God. But when Daniel saw it, the prophet Daniel said he saw a river of living fire bursting forth from the throne. God's into fire. So am I. (laughs) Let's read down in verse 25. A voice came from above the firmament that was over their heads. Wherever they stood, they let down their wings. And above the firmament over their head was the likeness of a throne, in appearance like a sapphire stone. And on the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of a man high above it. 
Also from the appearance of his waist and upward I saw, as it were, the color of amber with the appearance of fire all around within it. And from the appearance of his waist and downward I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire with the brightness all around, like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. So was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. What is he saying? He's saying this heavenly man, this heavenly man that I beheld above the throne was a burning man of fire. This heavenly man is the eternal burning son of man, the son of God, the son of Abraham, the son of David. I saw him burning, burning as fire. I want you to grab hold of this tonight. I want to talk to you about the storm in the spirit that is coming to planet earth. I want to talk to you about the king of glory that is coming to planet earth with fire in his eyes. He's the all-consuming man of fire. Our God is an all-consuming fire. Paul writes about him in Philippians chapter 2. Very familiar verse. He said in verse 10 at that time, the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. What does that mean? That means the demonic realm. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's another storm that's coming, that's brewing. It's the storm of the Spirit. It's the Lord of glory. It's the Lord of fire. And he's coming. And the king is bringing his kingdom with him. And every knee shall bow. See, if you're anchored in this eternal reality, you won't be caught in the spin cycle of what we're about to see on planet Earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You all still with me? There you are. Let me tell you what a storm is for a moment. Grab hold of these things. I'm going to give you some pictures tonight. A storm, a storm can be defined by a disturbance. <laughs> a disturbance in the air above the earth and the atmosphere. A storm is manifesting itself by winds of unusual forces. Grab hold of this. I hope you're hearing this with prophetic ears tonight. Storms come by winds of unusual forces or direction, often accompanied by rain or snow or hail or thunder or lightning or flying sand or dust or the heavy fall of rain, the heavy fall of snow or hail or a violent outbreak of thunder and lightning accompanied by strong winds. In the verb tense, it means, watch this, in the verb tense of a storm, it means to attack. It means to rush upon or to capture a place. I don't know if you're hearing this yet. I'm talking to you right now about the storm of the Spirit that is coming. The Lord is coming to attack. The Lord is coming to capture. The Lord is coming to take a place in His grip. 
by the storm of His Spirit. It also means, a storm means to deliver a violent attack or fire as with artillery. That's one of my favorite. Right there. I don't know if you're seeing it yet. I don't know if, you, I don't, I don't know if you're seeing yet Jehovah Sabaoth. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of angel armies, the Lord our breaker, the one that goes before us, the man of fire, the eternal burning man of fire who comes and when he comes, he brings the storm. He is the storm. Are you hearing it? He is the storm and he comes with an artillery of fire. He comes to take over. He comes to captivate. The Lord comes to capture. You know what I'm praying? Lord, come and capture Sarasota. Come, loose your storm. Loose the fiery storm of heaven and capture this entire region. People say, what is that? What is that? I see people posting pictures all over social media of the clouds, and, and it's got the sun bursting through it. Every time I see it, all I see is glory and fire. Glory and fire. That's all I see. What is it? It's glory and fire. The Lord is coming to captivate us. The Lord is coming with His storm to capture us. And in His throne, there are thunderings and there are lightnings and there are voices. And there are four living creatures. Jesus said, pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he never would have told us to pray this way if it were not possible. There is a realm in these last days, a realm of God. This is not hocus pocus, this is a reality. There will be places in our prayer is that we will be one of these places where heaven has touched down on earth there is the inner mingling of the storm of God there is the the inner mingling of angels what would happen tonight if God opened your spiritual eyes and standing behind me he showed you the angels that are standing in this room right now the way you'd be seated in that chair right now would be a little different you'd be sitting at all attention But we don't need to be stuck in virtual reality right now. We need to be more anchored in the unseen. There is a storm of the glory. I'm telling you, I'm prophesying to you. I'm not just preaching some message. I'm telling you, I'm prophesying. There is a storm, a storm of the glory, a storm of the fire of God that's going to captivate us. I say bring it on. Bring it on, God. <laughs> Jesus said in John 15, He said, We are in this world, but we're not of this world. None of us are exempt of the storms in this, in this realm or in this life. None of us are exempt of that. But what happens is, is that what we must have 
is that the Holy Spirit sets the standard for our lifting. Grab a hold of this. He sets the standard for our mounting up, the trajectory of where we're going in the power of the Spirit. That there's another storm that we are a part of, and it's the storm of the Spirit that's coming. John chapter 3, go with me. John chapter 3. Let the storm of the Spirit lift you above it all tonight. Let the storm of the Spirit fill your wings as you wait upon God, as you renew your strength, as you mount up with wings of eagles. I want to draw your attention to this place. Jesus told Nicodemus these words. These are powerful words. In verse 5, he says, Jesus answered, Most surely I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. And so is everyone. Born of the Spirit. What is he saying? They are like the wind. My sons and daughters are literally like the wind. They are like the storm. They are like the ones that move in the currents of my Spirit. They are the ones that move in the currents and the movement of my Spirit. Do not be baffled that I tell you. Don't marvel at these things. See, guys, we, we've got to get acquainted, reacquainted, reintroduced to the power of the Holy Spirit and the movements of the Holy Spirit. Or else we're just going to be left in fuddy-duddy religious world of doing church. I'm telling you, there's a whirlwind. There's a whirlwind. There's a storm. And the Lord is saying, catch the wind. Catch the wind. Catch the storm. Catch the brewing of my spirit. I'm going to write a song tonight. Revival's in the air. Just catch it if you can. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Lord's saying, catch the wind. Catch the whirlwind. Know that I'm in your midst. You should be getting in this atmosphere and you should hear the the blowing. Unless you're just still doing church and you're being distracted by everything. No, no. You're here to hear the winds of the Spirit. You're here to enter into the whirlwinds. And the Holy Spirit is saying far more than what I'm even articulating in this room. And He's speaking and the whirlwinds are happening. There's whirlwind angels in this place. Now, I want to talk to you for a moment about being carried by the winds of God. Carried by the winds of God. I want, to, I want you to look at a scripture. I want to use it just as a prophetic template for you to see something tonight. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Put it in your notes tonight. Colossians 1. It says, He has delivered us from the powers of darkness. Go ahead and shout over that right there. Come on, say an amen. Raise a hallelujah right now. He has delivered us from the powers of darkness. You are delivered, man of God. You are delivered, woman of God. 
And he has conveyed us into the kingdom of his son, the son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now, I want you to grab that word conveyed because it's a different word. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has conveyed. I want to tell you what conveyed means tonight. It means to be transferred. If you are, if you are conveyed, it means this. It means you are picked up and you are carried and you are transported from one place to another. I'm giving you a prophetic picture. We could be so accelerated by the Spirit of God simply by Him just picking us up and moving us into another dimension. Years ago, I remember Brenna and I, we went back to see her parents in their city there in Ohio. And right soon before we got there, massive tornadoes, record, record tornadoes had went through that area. Her mom and dad got us in to the vehicle. We were driving through the city looking at all the wreckage, looking at all the damage. And what we saw, it was a spectacle. Massive, massive two-story houses ripped out of the ground. Their foundations ripped out of the ground. These half stone, half wood houses just lifted out and they were transferred two, three miles away and sat down in cornfields. That's power. Whirlwind. Are, are you catching this? Whirlwind, storm, storm activity, storm power had the ability to pick it up and lift it miles down the road and set it down again. You got to grab hold of this tonight. I'm giving you a, a picture tonight of the keeping power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is able to he has keeping power. Let me go there first. The Holy Spirit has keeping power. We are creatures of habit. <laughs> we are creatures of form. We are creatures of routine. We are creatures of regularity. But when the Spirit and the storm of God begins to calm and begins to brew... The keeping power of the Holy Spirit is He can literally engraft you, pick you up, and carry you where you were actually meant to be and where you were supposed to be. Things got off the tracks, things got derailed. Years went by, situations. I'm telling you, in the presence of God, the storm of the Lord, the brewing, it's like, it's, it's like it says in the book of Genesis how the Spirit of God was brewing over the face of the deep, waiting for the Father to speak and then create it. And when the storm of the Spirit comes, the keeping power of God can grab hold of you, lift you, and set you right in place where you're supposed to be. He can accelerate things in a moment. In a moment. I mean in a moment. I believe the storm that is coming is going to actually lose supernatural resources to victory a church of His presence. 
I believe the storm is going to dislodge a lot of different things that's not supposed to be, and the storm is going to actually set things in place the way they were always meant to be. Are you seeing this tonight? So the Spirit of God conveys us. He transfers us. He picks us up from one place to another. And you know it. It sounds like this to you. We go from glory to glory. We go from glory to glory. We go from faith to faith. We go from glory to glory. We go from strength to strength. And that only happens by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. If Moses were here tonight, then I'm going to round third base and slide into home. Head first. If Moses were here tonight, this is what he would tell you. And he would tell you with great confidence. I came to the Red Sea. And Pharaoh's army was at my back. And it looked like we had come to a dead end. And now the sea was in front of us. The army was to our back. (laughs) But then that whirlwind pillar of fire started manifesting and swirling and burning and burning. And I don't know how to explain it, but a storm came. The storm of the Spirit started brewing over a Red Sea in front of me, and I don't know how to explain it to you, but God just went, and he blew on it, and the sea stood up, and the, and the land was dry, and God made a way where there was no way, and we walked right through it to the other side. We turned around to see our enemies. No It's the storm of the Spirit. It's the storm of the Spirit of God. The storm of the Spirit. You know why? Because he waited on God. Those that wait on God, they shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. Moses waited on God. (laughs) If Daniel were here tonight, he would tell us confidently, I was in the storm of my life. And I was in the storm of my life over my integrity with God. And I was thrown into a lion's den. And God shut the mouths of the lions and he made me to rule in the midst of my enemies. And God made a way where there was no way. Because I waited upon God. And God showed himself mighty. I have to mention these three dudes. They're one of my favorites. It's not the three amigos. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if they were here tonight, this is what they would tell you. They were in the storm of their life. They wouldn't bow down and worship an idol for a Babylonian leader. They were in the storm of their life. But God made a way where there seemed to be no way right in the storm. And I'm going to read these verses over you, and we're about to close, and then we're going to see what else the Holy Ghost wants to do. I'm in Daniel chapter 3, if you want to go there for the next few moments. 
Hallelujah. I don't know how it feels where you're sitting, but up here, it's, it feels really awesome up here. I feel like I'm in a hot tub. I'm serious. It feels amazing up here. And I'm in, I'm in Daniel 3.16. Let's read. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from this burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, notice those words, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve other gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. Notice that. But if not, notice that these guys were anchored. These guys were fixed. They were settled. We're not going to be intimidated. We're not going to be manipulated. Their hearts were not open to negotiation. But they said, but if not, let it be known to you. Then Nebuchadnezzar, he was full of fury. And the expression on his face changed. Oh, I'm sure it did towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he spoke and he commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind, bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. And then these men bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, they were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, let's say their names again. Oh, my gosh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Talk about wear me out. Fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Now, here, here we are. And then King Nebuchadnezzar, he was astonished. He rose in haste and he looked, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered, oh, yeah, true, O king, but look, look, I see four men loosed walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. The burning man, the eternal burning man of fire that Ezekiel encountered above the throne stepped down into time walked into a furnace with those three young men in the midst of their storm. And they were convinced, oh, our God is able to save us, but if he doesn't, you just need to know we're not playing your game. We're not playing by your rules. We're not bowing down to your woke crap, Nebuchadnezzar. We're not playing the game. Don't worry, I'm not going to say the B word tonight. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right, everybody. Breathe. If you weren't here last week, you don't have any clue what we're talking about. And it's going to be okay. 
But the Lord walked into that fiery furnace. Guys, this really happened. Jesus walked into their fiery storm. And he's walking right now into the storm that is brewing and coming upon this earth. He's bringing the fire. He's bringing the fire. He's bringing the glory. There is a storm of the spirit that is brewing. And you're part of it. And you're written into the story. I am written into the storyline of the storm of the spirit. And things are going to change. And this fire, this fiery storm is going to overturn works of demonic power. It's going to overturn and expose and bring justice and bring judgment to the works of darkness. And it will establish the kingdom of God. It will establish righteousness. The king of righteousness is coming. And I just want to close with this. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? He is the burning man. He is the man of fire. He is the faithful and true witness. He's the firstborn from the dead. He's the incorruptible one. He's the triumphant, resurrected one. He is the storm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to put your Bibles aside tonight. I want to pray over you. Then we're going to do some special things. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that the storm on the horizon that's hitting America is your storm. I'm going to say that again. Lord, I thank you the storm on the horizon that's hitting America is your storm. It's the storm of your glory. It's the storm of your fire and your power. And it's the storm of you saving America from every vile, demonic scheme and attack. You will save America, and you will save America through your ecclesia, through your church, Jesus, that you are building that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tonight, those that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. It shall walk and not faint. I say wait on the Lord. I say wait on the Lord, man of God. Wait on the Lord, woman of God. Be tinseled to the spirit of God. Be tinseled to to the word of God, to the promises of God. Be yoked to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you for refreshing. I just speak refreshing to your spirit tonight. I bless your spirit to continue to drink in. Hallelujah. You're getting sharper. You're getting younger. You're getting vibrant. You're getting radiant. 
you're going to shine more. Your discernment is being sharpened. The gifts of God within you are blossoming. You're getting stronger. You're getting younger. It's the glory. It's the glory. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to do two important things in the next few moments. And they're great things. They're special things. But... We're going to pray over a few couples. Demu, is your wife here? Is she ready? Is she ready? Go quickly, quickly. I want to pray over you. So good. Thank you, brother. Tonight we're going to be praying over Demu. We're going to be praying over his wife, Ann. Wonderful couple in our church. How many of you love Demu? Ann, wonderful couple. They're going to be moving to Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta's getting a great couple. <laughs> How many of you enjoy Atlanta, like Atlanta, like Georgia? Wow, not one hand. I just went over like a lead balloon. Just. How many of you have a heart for Georgia? You guys are honest. <laughs> we have an honest church. How many of you love Atlanta? I'm not talking about the traffic in Atlanta. I just mean Atlanta. So we're going to pray over them tonight. We're going to bless them. We're also going to be praying over Josh and Martha Yoder. Wonderful couple. Love this couple. And God has called them to a ministry that is down near Nokomis. God has called them recently in these last couple months to go there. And as a church, we want to bless. Amen. It's a great big kingdom. And if God's calling a family to go somewhere else, we want to be part of blessing. Amen. So often it's like the mafia in the kingdom of God. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like a gang transaction, you know, and nobody can talk to each other because you're not part of our gang anymore. Uh, so that's not what, how we live. It's not how we do life. It's not how we do the kingdom. Josh and Sir, we're waiting on um, Demu and Ann. Why don't you come? Let's stand here. Honey, why don't you come? Amen. Let's give these guys a big God bless you. Come on. Let's stretch your hands. I want you to stretch your hands towards them right now. Josh. Martha, it's been a joy. It's been a delight being your pastors. We love you. This church body loves you. We, Brett and I love you. And we bless you. Stretch your hands towards them. Father, I thank you for how you orchestrated and brought Josh and Martha into our lives and into this family. I saw you do it. And I saw your hand upon them, Lord. And Father, I thank you. Lord, they have sought you. They have sought your face. They have listened to your spirit. And God, we trust, we trust them that they have heard your spirit and they will be led by your spirit. We bless you and send you now in the name of the Lord Jesus and your precious children. We speak a blessing.
Come on, just loose a blessing over them, Victory. We speak a blessing and loose a blessing to you as you go that you will grow in the wisdom and the knowledge of God and the fire of the Lord, that the Lord would groom you, grow you, grow your children, that this would be a time of advancement and the goodness of God. We send you forth in the name of Jesus. And let there be joy, God. Let there be joy in this transition and the goodness of God surrounding you in every way. The angels of God go with you and with your children. You'll always be part of our heart. You'll always be part of the house. You'll always be blessed in our keeping. And we send you. We thank you, God, for Josh. We thank you for Martha. Thank you for the precious children. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Come on. Amen. Demu, Anne, come on, bring Maverick. Is Zion in here too? There's Zion. Give this family a big God bless you. Come on. This is a beautiful family. Show Maverick off to this church. I mean, check out this guy. Uh, yeah, he's pretty awesome. And Zion, you are awesome, and you're the best big brother. Come on, you are the best big brother. Man, I have, um, my wife and I have loved Emu and Ann being part of this family. Um, we're going to miss you, man. We're going to miss you. Atlanta's getting a great family. They really are. We're so thankful. I just love how God brought you in, and uh, and I, you know, I'm looking at you. This isn't premeditated, but boy, I just see it right now. And, and this is specifically to you, Demu. I remember when we were in the ocean, me and Shane, we were doing the baptismal on Resurrection Sunday. People were coming out of the water after their water baptism. And there was Demu. And I was watching him from the water. I was watching him up on the shore. And man, you know, Demu, if he slaps your hand, he breaks your arm off of your body. So we had to pray for healing for everybody after that. He's, he's high-fiving, loving, I mean, giving bear hugs, almost climbing onto people, celebrating their water baptism. But I watched him from the water, and I'm telling you, you touched, you touched my soul that day. I was like, God, look at the joy on his countenance. It's just radiating off of you, Demu. And what I love is you know how to celebrate God. And man, that's special. Never lose it. Never lose it. You know how to celebrate the goodness of God. You guys are loved. You guys are so blessed. I want you to stretch your hands towards this wonderful family. Thank you, God. Lord, it's been a delight, and it's been a joy, and we have been honored by the responsibility, Lord, of just leading them and being their pastors and their shepherds, and Lord, tonight we rejoice, God, we rejoice in the beauty of Demu and Anne and Zion and Maverick, God, what a gift of heaven. 
Lord, tonight as we lay our hands upon them, we send you with a blessing. We send you with a blessing. We pray the Spirit of God will lead you into the right family, into the right church family. That will be so uplifting, so undergirding. There will be so much joy in the house that the Word of God will be like fire in that place. You'll be right at home. You'll be right in the flow, right in the slipstream of the Spirit. And Lord, we just pray your blessing upon them in every fashion, in every way. Prosper them. Prosper them. Spiritually, emotionally, relationally, financially, every way, God. Bless them. Thank you for these precious boys. Oh, God, thank you. Oh, God, thank you. Hallelujah. Just bless them. Speak a blessing over them right there. Just speak a blessing. Loose a blessing over them. We'll always be family. We'll always be family. Hallelujah. It's in Jesus' name. How many others are moving to Atlanta? We'll pray for you tonight. <laughs> Amen. I'd like our ushers to come. Let's give tonight. Amen. How many of you watching online are getting ready to pack your bags and move to Sarasota? Come on. You've been waiting for that word. Let's cut. Now you're talking. Now we're cooking with butter. Come on. Move to Sarasota. Ushers, come. If you need an offering envelope tonight, we want to serve you tonight. You can give on our app right now. You can give at victoryfla.com. Those of you that are watching, you can give right there on the website. You can give on our app tonight. Amen. Thank you, ushers, for ushing. There you go. Just a few more envelopes. Good job, guys. Good job. Thank you for your faithfulness of giving. Thank you so much. Well, we praise God, you know, with, with, doing, with doing this conference. We're thankful for what we're seeing in registration, and, and really, you, you guys know our heart in this. It's just really to cover the expense, really just to cover the expense of the meeting. We're almost there. We know that everything's going to be provided for. We're going to be able to bless Dutch and bless Pastor Kilpatrick as they come. It's going to be tremendous. And uh, I want you to pray for that there was, there's just mega abundance, mega abundance in this conference. I've, I've been asking the Lord, um, just in this season and time, we've just come out of our fast. I've just been asking Him freshly, Lord, may, may our miracle property be revealed and manifested. Not, not too long ago, we, we were in prayer, and, and um, you know, Jeff Highfield, Jeff's a seer. I, I love, I, I always ask him, Jeff, what are you seeing? And, and um, 
I think we were on vacation at the time, and Jeff had texted me and Brent, and he said, Pastor, tonight in prayer, I saw these camo nets, and the camo nets were being pulled off of the property, and the revealing was coming forth for us. And we've been decreeing that. Lord, just go ahead and pull, pull the, you know, the camo nets. Let me give you a Bible for that. Um, Proverbs 25 and verse 2. Proverbs 25 and verse 2. For it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, yet it's the glory of kings to seek it out. For it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, yet it's the glory of kings to seek it out. That means God's just not hiding things from you. He's actually hiding things for you. So... We believe that God has been hiding this campus for us, not from us to torment us, but for us. And we're praying tonight, Lord, just let those camo nets come off and let the revealing come forth. And Lord, I just pray that the storm of the Spirit will grab a hold of us, pick us up, and set us down right in the place that you have preordained for victory in Jesus name amen ushers go ahead and give or receive <laughs> ushers go ahead and receive so good it's been a great night hasn't it it's been a great night honey I want you to come we have just a few announcements, and then our, our prayer team's coming. We're going to open the altars for prayer. So prayer team, prepare yourself. Tonight we want to minister. We've got just a, just a couple announcements tonight. Then we're going to move into our altar time. Just want to give one quick announcement for the family house fire that was scheduled tomorrow. It's been postponed. So um, it's going to be rescheduled for August 28th. So just wanted to make all of you families aware of that. That um, just to and just check online and you'll get the information there, no problem. But um, again, the yeah, yeah, yes. Check online the online calendar for updates on that. But um, but just as a reminder, it is going to be rescheduled. And then um, all we've got other than that is our Glory and Fire conference coming up. Two weeks. We're two weeks away. It's awesome. And it's going to be wonderful. We're just so looking forward to it. God's going to move. And we're expecting, aren't we? Amen. Amen. All right. That's it. Yep. So good. Prayer team, would you come tonight? want to open the altars. Wow. I don't know what you just switched to right there on the keys, but I felt that. I mean, I felt good. <laughs> What'd you do? Like, oh, you changed keys? You, what is that? Key of A flat. I'm a fan of A flat. <laughs> Let's just put our hands out to receive from the Lord, all of us serving tonight. Let's just call upon the Lord right now for fresh fire. Fresh fire tonight. And anointing to flow as we pray over those that are coming for prayer. Lord, we just thank you that these altars are sanctified. They are holy unto you, consecrated. Thank you for consecrated vessels. Consecrated vessels. Lord, tonight as they pray, we just, we just say, 
and release and declare miracles are breaking out here. Healing, healing is manifesting, Lord. Words of life are coming forth. The ignition of holy fire tonight in Jesus' name. If you need prayer for anything tonight, for any reason, we are ready to pray for you. We have come prepared. We love you. We bless you. Can we all stand? Father, in Jesus' name, we bless the people of God tonight, the family of God. I speak a blessing over you. The Lord leads you this week that you walk in the supernatural. I bless you to wait upon the Lord. I bless you to be bound in union to the Word and the Spirit. Hallelujah. I bless you to mount up with wings of eagles, to run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. I call you the blessed of the Lord. The blessed of the Lord. May you prosper. May your family prosper. May the goodness of God reign and shower over you and give you joy and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we just lift up a praise to the Lord in the house? Come on, praise Him tonight. Amen. The, alt the altars are open. Good night, everybody. We love you.